Welcome to the Therapy Deconstructed Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Bonnie Wims, therapist, coach, and a UK chartered counseling psychologist. So my mission here is to talk about therapy in a way that's easy to understand and to dispel any misunderstandings and rumors about what therapy is, who it's for, and who it's not for. This podcast is my way of deconstructing the conventional wisdom and the media narratives about therapy and explaining what's what. I will offer you the tools and support needed to live the life you've always dreamed of living. So together, we can use our resources and understanding to help you to take advantage of this beautiful thing and live a life with the most possibilities. So let's pull back this curtain and remove the mystery, the secrecy, and the stigma attached to the whole thing. Hi, welcome to my podcast, Therapy Deconstructed. I'm so glad you're here. I really feel so passionate about this podcast because in my day-to-day working with people, clients, and just talking with people in general, I realize how consistently therapy is misrepresented in the media. It's misrepresented all over television shows. And then that just sort of permeates out into the way that people understand it and talk about it, especially if they haven't had it for themselves. So this podcast for me is so critical because I think busting down these myths will help diminish the stigma because when we don't understand something, we just fill in the gaps. You know, we imagine what we think we know about it and we make up stories. And if the media is feeding a certain line or the television shows and the movies we watch all uh, portray something in a certain way, that's the way we're going to see it. So I'm glad you're here. I'm really <laughs> all by myself, one by one podcast every month, trying to break down some of these misunderstandings and myths that I think lead to the stigma. So today, we're talking about personality. And what if I said to you that you don't have a personality? What would you think of that? What would you think about the idea of no personality? And then start thinking about what is the idea of having a personality? What does that give you? So if I have a personality and I am a certain way, can I change? You know, a lot of people come into therapy and one of the first things they say to me is, you know, I am the way I am. Or they say I'm hardwired. That's a favorite. And I think when people use that term hardwired, it comes from a sense of, you know, this is just something I do. I have no idea why and I have no idea how to change it. So I'm just going to decide that it's who I am. Therefore, I don't have to change it. I'm a victim. I'm hardwired. So why would we think that? Why would we want to be stagnant? Why would we want a sort of cemented view of ourselves? Well, we'll get into that. But, you know, science didn't always know about our brain and how it worked. And there was a lot of misinformation given out to the public at large about it, sure. Science didn't always know that we can change and that our brain changes. And that's something that's really exciting, I think. (laughs) As a psychologist, you know, I do find geeky things exciting, but I do think that's exciting that we actually do change. The brain does change. And it's capable of changing in remarkable ways. 
So today I'm going to talk about some things that have come through good research, good studies. I always use research-backed information for anything that I use in therapy or talk about with people. It's critical to me that the information I pass on has come from, you know, good research and not something that somebody just thought up. So one of the books I'm reading right now is called Altered Traits. And Altered Traits is written by a man named Daniel Goleman and another man named Richard J. Davidson. And Altered Traits is about how science reveals how meditation changes your mind, brain, and body. And I love this book for a couple reasons. I am a meditator, but also that it proves that thesis, the idea that you can change your mind, brain, and body. And that's so critical because of the impact that stress, anxiety, trauma, all sorts of things can have on our mind, brain, and body. So the fact that we can actually use meditation to alter that through good research uh, that these guys have done over the years is remarkable. Another book that I've just recently picked up, and maybe you've heard of before, and I just haven't, it's new to me, is called The Brain, The Story of You, and that's from David Eagleman. And I'd like to read just a quick opening that he has in chapter one, which starts with, who am I? Which is great. So this is what he writes, this brief paragraph. All the experiences in your life, from single conversations to your broader culture, shape the microscopic details of your brain. Neurally speaking, who you are depends on where you've been. Your brain is a relentless shapeshifter, constantly rewriting its own circuitry. And because your experiences are unique, so are the vast, detailed patterns in your neural networks. Because they continue to change your whole life, your identity is a moving target. It never reaches an endpoint. And, you know, this guy's a neuroscientist. This all comes from research. It's not just his idea. So this just slams right into the idea of being hardwired a certain way, of having a fixed personality. And the last book I'm going to talk more about in a minute, but it's called What Happened to You? Conversations on Trauma, Resilience, and Healing. And this book was written by a doctor named Bruce D. Perry, who is also a scientist, but then joined by Oprah Winfrey, of all people. And I don't know what you think of her, and I don't know what you know about her, but she definitely had a trauma past. And so it's fascinating to me, the way they've broken up the book is her, what she's written is in a different font and different color than his. So you can see their conversation around her presenting her trauma and her presenting her uh, layman's kind of idea about things. And then Dr. Perry coming in with his research and science information. We'll talk more about that in a minute, but I just wanted to give you three of these. I think these books are very approachable. They're my fun psychology books, believe it or not. I know, I know, I'm a nerd. But I think they're written very approachable for most people if you're interested in this topic at all. So did a little more research <laughs> for this podcast in thinking about, you know, how we change and why we don't maybe don't think we do. And to give, give you just a few anecdotes from my family and their remembrance of maybe some silly things they did as children that they don't do anymore. 
So the number one thing I was given the story, I've said, you know, give me some silly stories. They said one of them tried to dive into a car window. It window was open, but they just sort of tried to dive into the car through the car window and hit their top of their head on the door frame. Then you know, you know the rest. He ended up going to the hospital and needing stitches. I asked why you would try to jump headfirst through a window as there are alternative ways to get into a car. And I was told because I thought I was Superman. Okay, there you go. Silly things children do. Another one was I would make potions out of various items in the bathroom with the belief that if I put my Barbie in this potion that she would come alive. Interesting. Along the same line of that, was that they would arrange stuffed animals in a circle and have important topics discussed about world issues with the stuffed animals. Now, these are all silly things. We don't do these things anymore when we grow up. Nobody thinks that they can dive into a car because they're Superman. Nobody believes that their Barbies can come alive or that their stuffed animals have insight into world issues. But we did. At one point, we did, and those were behaviors that were silly that came out of those beliefs, but we changed. We don't do them anymore because we learn. How many times do you dunk your Barbie before you realize she doesn't come alive and you stop? So in the conversations that Oprah had with Dr. Perry in her book, What Happened to You? You know, he talks about the way in which neuroscience has shown that the brain is, can be changed by experiences, because the brain is learning all the time. And I'd like to read you just a tiny bit of what he said in response to Oprah in talking about therapy. So Dr. Perry says, it's interesting. Most people think about therapy as something that involves going in and undoing what's happened. But whatever your past experiences created in your brain, the associations exist and you can't just delete them. You can't get rid of your past. Then he goes on to say this. Therapy is more about building new associations, making new, healthier, default pathways. It is almost as if therapy is taking your two-lane dirt road and building a four-lane freeway alongside it. The old road stays, but you don't use it much anymore. Therapy is building a better alternative, a new default, and that takes repetition and time. Honestly, it works best if someone understands how the brain changes. This is why understanding how trauma impacts our health is essential for everyone. I love that. The idea that he understands that we we can make new associations, healthier default pathways. And you picture this four-lane freeway that is next to maybe your old road that maybe is filled with some if not trauma, but just some negative self-view or low self-worth because of some things that have happened to you. Now, I know in my work and working with clients in therapy, people change. I've seen it many, many, many times over and over. But the thing that works for clients versus maybe where it doesn't work is the consistent effort. The client that shows up for their sessions And in between those sessions, they think and they test the ideas of things that we discuss in the session. And they put forth an effort to understand themselves. 
you know, that effort of thinking about your thinking. It's not automatic pilot. This is sitting with ourselves and really trying to understand why we behave the way we behave. How do we believe the things that we believe? And where did that come from? Not judging it, not that, but trying to understand it. If you've listened to any of my prior podcasts, you have heard about my own traumatic past to some degree. My last podcast, I told you about my, the day I ran away from home at the age of 15 and how that was a pivotal moment in my life changing. And I didn't know at the time, but I was certainly changing my brain because I decided I was going to leave. So my traumas most definitely created challenges for me, you know, stressful situations, anxiety-provoking situations. I don't feel that I'm always as equipped maybe as other people to manage that stress. I'm quicker, I think, to get triggered by some things. But through my own work on myself, obviously, I've begun to pay more deliberate attention to my behavior and my surroundings so that I can continue to change the thoughts and patterns that don't work for me anymore. The trauma response or the way in which I feel about myself that then impacts what I do and how I do it. I consistently think about my thinking and try to understand where it comes from so that I can challenge some thoughts that come out of the not-so-helpful thinking. So what specifically happens in therapy to help people change, right? Well, the very first thing, well, no, not the first thing. The first thing I do in therapy is I ask people to give me the story of their lives. And I want people to be able to talk to me and tell me from their first memory forward what they remember. And this is critical, and I'm very open with them about why I do this. But this is critical in my mind so that we can refer back to this information. And it's very interesting how the brain works because when I ask somebody to tell me their, their life story, it's interesting what file cabinet we go to and what story we tell. I mean, depending on how old you are, you could have millions of little snippets of stories to tell me. And people go into their minds and they come back with these stories. And so through that process, we notice what stories they don't tell. We know that, notice where there's memory lapses. We notice later maybe why, you know, how come, you know, there weren't a lot of stories about dad, but a lot of stories about mom, or there wasn't a lot of stories about the husband. It's interesting how the brain works and what it gives to you at the moment that you ask for it, and then what it doesn't give you. So we go back and look at that repeatedly through our sessions, not reminiscing back through old memories so much as just noticing, huh, you remember before you didn't recall that and now you do. And why do you suppose that's different now? The brain changes. After the life story, the first thing I do is I ask clients to become aware of their self-talk. Now, you might be looking at something <laughs> right now and thinking, self-talk, I don't know what she's talking about. I don't talk to myself. But you do. We all do. We all spend every day, all day, a lot of the time thinking about ourselves and talking to ourselves about what we're thinking. It's like imagining somebody on your shoulder and whispering into your ear 
a running dialogue all day long about the observations of the day, the observations of what you said, what you didn't say, who you saw, what it made you feel, the speech you made, the podcast you recorded. There's a narrative running in your head, judging, deciding what you're doing well, what you're not doing well, what you should have said in that situation. Some studies have shown that 80% of that self-talk is negative, critical, judgmental, challenging. Think about that, 80%. That means as you walk through your day with this whispering going on in your ear, the running dialogue on your day, everything that you're doing is being sort of graded and challenged by your voice. How is that going to impact your confidence, your self-esteem, your self-worth, how you trust yourself? If 80% of your internal talking is negative and telling you that you're wrong or that you've done it wrong or that you're ugly or that you're fat, 80% of the time, all day long, and you're not paying attention to it, it's just automatic pilot, just you let it run. Don't you think you're going to believe it? So most of us aren't aware of that voice unless you've (laughs) come to therapy with me or listen to me yammer on about it at other times. What you say to yourself about yourself matters. This voice is helping you decide whether you're capable or not, judging yourself or not, whether you should go for that promotion, whether or not you should ask that person out on a date, whether or not you think that you're important enough to go for that raise. If we believe everything that's being said in our head, but we're not aware of it, how on earth are we going to change it? I can't tell you how many times I've said to people, let's pay attention to our self-talk this week and, and, this week, and they tell me they don't have self-talk. And then the following week, they come back shocked at their t- self-talk. Like shocked. It might even be worse than you imagine. That can be upsetting. That's the first step, and it can be upsetting. It can be upsetting to sit with yourself and really listen. But as I said, we can't change it if we don't become aware. So I don't want to end on anything negative because this is good news. All of this is good news. If our brain is changeable, and if by noticing and working on our self-talk and the way in which we inhabit ourselves is something that we can also change by becoming aware of it and then actively counteracting it, I'll talk more about that on another podcast. Then it's good news. We aren't stuck. We aren't stagnant. You are not hardwired just the way you are. I guarantee you that the areas of your life and the ways in which you think about yourself that may be negative or challenging come from something that happened to you that we can counteract, that we can challenge, and we can understand that maybe that silly child did that silly thing and then believed that horrible message, that that can be challenged and changed because that child didn't know any better. I like to say, now you're the grown-ass person in the room. And the grown-ass adult can do different things. They can make different decisions that the child didn't feel capable of making. So, to sum up, you don't have a personality. Maybe you have some traits, sure. But they are malleable. They are changeable. And therapy is one way to get in there to understand how you think about what you think and then to see where it isn't working. 
you know, if it ain't broke, we're not trying to fix it, but we're going in and trying to alter and build new pathways where you have habitual negativity that is not serving you and is only making your behaviors something that you don't want. So ending on the good note, everything is changeable within your brain. There is no end point. You are not done. And so if there are problems and there are areas that you still want to challenge, maybe therapy is right for you. Maybe try some mindfulness, some meditation, whatever it is, becoming more aware of how you talk to yourself and becoming more aware of where that came from can change things dramatically. I am a testament to that. And many clients and other people that I've met have also experienced that amazing change. Thank you so much for joining me again. I have really enjoyed talking about this topic. And as always, please give me feedback. Let me know if there are things that you didn't enjoy. In the show notes, I'll have these three books as references so that you can uh, geek out with me if you want. Thanks again. See you next month. Thank you so much for listening in. I hope you've learned a thing or two that you can apply today. To explore further or to get in touch with me, just visit my website at bonniewims.com. There you can book a complimentary 30-minute online video session to ask me any questions and determine if working together feels right for you. Or you can submit your questions about therapy and I'll do my best to offer answers on an upcoming episode. Remember, therapy might not be for everyone, but it may be right for you.